0: Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to our 47th episode of Animalators. Today on the show we have Lana Simonyankova. Lana is a designer and animator at Animade, based in London. Lana and the team at Animade has worked with some incredible clients, such as Facebook, Airbnb, and IBM, and are also known for their incredibly fun animated and often interactive personal projects. Today on the show, we'll talk about working in Animade's self-described characterful style, pitching personal projects internally, and we'll go behind the scenes and talk about what it's like designing and animating at Animade. I'm excited to get into all of this and more on this week's episode of Animalators. Well, Lana, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me. This is really
0: amazing. Yeah, um, <laughs> I
1: didn't expect to like be kind of cold
0: on the podcast, really. Oh well, no, we are we are so great to have you. I've had you on the, the list for quite some time, and uh, recently we've been getting a lot of uh, a lot of people uh, suggesting you for the show, and yeah, so I'm I'm very excited to to chat. As you listeners may or may not know, Lana is um, a animator designer at uh, the wonderful Animade. Let's start there. Tell us a little bit about, for, for those who might not know, um, what is Animate and what do you do there?
1: Well, Animate is a very uh, characterful animation studio based in London, UK. And uh, we do a range of things, uh, ranging from like uh, design, animation, um, uh, interactive stuff, mostly kind of explainers and things like that.
0: Yeah. So you said characterful, or so unpack that a little bit.
1: Well, it's kind of. I think when Tom and kind of James and Ed started the studio, they were really kind of. That was. It still is kind of the anime calling card that we do things with character, and we do it fairly well, I think. It kind of has to do with kind of, even if it's abstract uh, animation shapes, kind of to bring that playfulness and kind of the funny, the funny bits into it.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. So, I mean... Looking at your work and your portfolio, characters are, are everywhere and you even bring like a character in life to, to every project, even when there isn't a lot of character work involved. And I've always been a little bit curious. Like, I mean, that's something that, that I've, I've heard the founders of anime talk about a lot. But um, kind of how does that boil down day to day for you in the process of, of the animated work?
1: I think it's, it's quite a common thing to kind of whenever you're, you have an idea for an animation goal. For uh, human characters, you know, like to make it relate to people in in kind of the simplest way, and putting like a face to it is always kind of the grabber.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's let's dive into that that process a little bit and kind of what it's like day to day working at animate. I don't know. Are you working on like many projects at a time, or is you just kind of like focus on one project from from beginning to end?
1: Yeah, a lot of the times, especially this summer, we've been quite busy. So we usually juggle more one, than one project at a time. And uh, I've I've been at animate for like four years now. So I do kind of creatively lead projects and talk to clients and things like that.
0: Very cool. So how how long have you been in your four year ten year animate so far? Been kind of client side, like jumping on the phone with with uh, the end client.
1: I think when I just started, Tom and Ed would be really good at being like, oh, do you want to just jump in on this call with us? Just kind of sit there and kind of listen and just take in whatever they're saying, especially if you're kind of involved in that project that gives you a better insight. So you kind of learn from that to kind of what kind of phrases to use and kind of language to use with the client as well. And then kind of gradually when uh, I got to kind of design projects and lead projects more, I got more involved with clients.
0: Yeah, how how have you been enjoying that? Because I feel like there's definitely, like, I talk to clients all the time and I still get, like, a little nervous about, like, talking to our big clients sometimes.
1: Oh, God, I get so nervous all the time. It's it's not, I don't think it gets any, it's like public speaking, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of, the more you do it, the kind of easier it is to, get on with it but it still gives you the same kind of excitement/ slash scare <laughs> it, it's there's always kind of that that feeling I don't think that will ever go away <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah I don't know I don't know if it will either. I kind of hope it will you know sometimes I'm like you know I think I you know think I'm ready for this or like I I, I don't know I'm, I'm like ready for the call but it's just like I don't know you just like want you want to make sure you' you're doing a good job and I think sometimes I'm just like, I don't know, and then it's fine. You know, it's always fine. But
1: yeah, sometimes I'm afraid I come. up, Maybe the words I use are wrong, or I come across as a slightly bitchy <laughs> because English. Yeah, yeah, there is that. Like English is not my first language, so I, I'm always afraid I'm not being British enough you know, to speak, <laughs> <laughs> not being polite enough, and it's. I've talked to like the guys at the studio, like uh, to like our project manager. So I was like, oh, was I a bit. I was a bit too frank on that call or they're like, no, no, it's fine. It's yeah.
0: <laughs> That's great though. I mean it's great to have that feedback and, and like positive reinforcement though too to just like check that against, which is nice. Just make sure everything's coming across well.
1: No, yeah, it's it's the learning curve,
0: definitely. So with this like, you know, how, how character focused animate is, um, is that how projects start a lot? So let's say you've you've been given a brief, um, do you start thinking you know, like what are the characters going to look like, or, or, you know, do storyboards come in? Just kind of walk us through that process.
1: Um, are we talking like client projects? Yeah, or client, like Let's possible? let's start with client projects.
0: Okay. We'll definitely get to personal projects because that's a huge part of animate.
1: Well, usually, because uh, we don't do any kind of uh, writing work, we don't do the scripts oh, okay. usually. Yeah, I think we do sometimes, but we don't have like a dedicated script writer for those kind of things. So a client would usually come in with a script kind of, or a voiceover already there. And we would uh, uh, go and uh, come up with ideas, do like a brainstorm, and uh, do a storyboard based on that. And it'll usually involve like human characters, like even sometimes we need to get the storyboard out so quickly, it's just like Stickman.
0: Hmm. Gotcha. W- will you deliver any like style frames at all with, with those storyboards?
1: Yeah, usually alongside a storyboard, or just after the storyboard, when that's approved, we get into the design stage, and then we would show like a, like a scene where you see like a character in a setting.
0: Gotcha, yeah. So you personally on this, this process, um, are you the one sketching out a lot of these storyboards and coming up with these ideas, or are you working with a team?
1: Uh, it's, we usually, yeah, work with a team. It depends on how big or small the project is and who's available, of course. But uh, I think especially if sometimes they see like an animation has done before and they say, oh, we really like that. We want something similar. And if, for example, someone it's someone's design at the studio, they would get the project to like start it up or at least be a creative lead on it. But storyboarding is such a fluid thing; like anyone can kind of jump on it. And.
0: Well, speaking of storyboards, Animate has created a an incredible tool that we use at our studio called Boards. Um, yeah, they used all the time. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure that you are using that. So, so tell us all a little bit about that.
1: Well, we use it for every project now. Literally, <laughs> there's nothing like other we that we use. But uh, yeah, it's kind of we're still kind of the kind of gaining feedback on how people use it and stuff. And we all always kind of chat to James and say like, oh, it'd be good to have that or this doesn't quite work. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of, we always use it and clients seem to kind of take it all right as well. They never get like confused about it and they can comment and yeah, we had some positive feedback from clients as well on that side.
0: No, that's great. So one thing I'm curious about, do you, you use the drawing tools that are built into boards because we, we use it and we, we use Photoshop and we just do like sketches and then we kind of all load them up into, to boards. But I was curious what you all do.
1: Um, We usually do it in Photoshop, to be honest. Uh, The drawing tool is very good for like, if you need to draw some like arrows or circle things, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely, we can, you can do the drawing side there. If you, really need a really scamped storyboard It's amazing for that. But I think we usually just do it in Photoshop and then import images in there.
0: So when when working on the style frame side of things, when delivering different um, visual ideas, do you guys uh, often present multiple styles or do you, you boil it down to one look that you want to move forward with?
1: It really depends. Usually it's one look if, if they haven't really specified that they want a range.
0: Gotcha, that makes sense. So, tell me a little bit about that about that, that process for yourself personally. Um, d- do you have a process of of gathering inspiration? Yeah,
1: definitely. I'm on Tumblr a lot. Oh, Tumblr. <laughs> All right,
0: interesting. So, I've I feel like I'm fairly um, bad yeah, it's at very Tumblr.
1: <laughs> I feel like
0: I'm a millennial, right?
1: Oh, you are. You are. okay. <laughs> I'm like the younger millennial. Oh, yeah,
0: that's true. You are. You are. Um, <laughs> So do you like follow a bunch of people on Tumblr? I feel like I need to get on this now.
1: Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's the same kind of process as you would have like on Instagram or Twitter. You kind of distill down what you want to see in a way. Uh, so you kind of, yeah, follow kind of the people's work that you really like. And yeah. I, I, I feel like because Tumblr is such a kind of, it's still a very kind of blog mentality. Everyone just puts whatever whips and little things they do on it. So you, so you see kind of the full range of like really polished, amazing work and little snippets of how they do it.
0: All right. No, this is just like the usual answer that I get for this is Pinterest. That's why I'm kind of so interested Pinterest. in it.
1: Yeah. P- yeah. Pinterest is a bit more, I guess dribble would be my second biggest thing I okay. go to. Yeah. You kind of see what like the trends are like, what I should definitely not do because it's been done too much. Sure. Things like that.
0: No, that's great. Um, i like that that idea too of just like I shouldn't do this and like finding those things that rise to the top I think that's that's interesting and and might be some of the ways that you all are able to come up with such such fresh work all the time, so that's something that you would say that you're pretty consistently aware of and thinking about and talking about is is trends
1: I think so I mean, I'm definitely aware of the trends in like motion and i I'm kind of an animator first. Before I am a designer, because I I learned to animate before I could design anything, (laughs) really. And it's still kind of, I'm still learning quite a bit about the kind of trends in the motion design industry. And probably like the clean vector style is not really my thing. I'm more of like a character, I can design a character quite well. But if someone asks me to do like a forced perspective uh, kind of scene, full of buildings, I'm going to struggle a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you're saying that you, you started as an animator and, but I feel like looking at your, your work, it, it almost seems like it shifted a lot over time. You've, you've shifted your focus. Could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Well, um, cause it's always like a process, you know, it's never, you, you try not to kind of stick with the same thing. Otherwise it gets a bit boring. You're like, why am I doing this? And it's, yeah, I think because I'm full-time as well, I can do that. I can be like, okay, the style doesn't work for me anymore. I can just shift to something completely different and that's not going to kind of uh, decrease the flow of like work, you know, because it's coming through Animate and trickling down to me in a way.
0: But I think that, I don't know, that skill development can be, can be very difficult. Was there a moment where you kind of thought like, oh, I want to get better at, this thing over here and then how did you go about doing that
1: no yeah all the time like I think of it all the time like I can't draw hands I should probably draw a lot more a lot more hands and stuff like that and yeah I, I don't know it's really difficult to say whenever I ask like someone like show someone a new piece of work and they say oh that's definitely you and like how that's I I've never drawn like this before <laughs> and it's strange how it kind of Even if your work shifts, it's still kind of, people kind of say it's still consistently you. That's still kind of, even if I try something completely different, that still confuses me.
0: That's interesting. So what do you think are maybe some of those things that tie all of your work together?
1: I don't know. It's just I make a lot of, (laughs) I don't really know. Uh, I try to make my characters quite like funny in a really awkward way. They're all they're all slightly awkward, but quite happy about their lives. <laughs> I think that's a thread that I've myself noticed.
0: That's interesting. So, uh, I'm I'm a little bit fascinated too, just because like you you as far as like Instagram goes and a lot of the things that you you share, it, it you definitely present yourself almost as as an illustrator. But you say that animation was kind of what got you hooked into all of this.
1: No, definitely. I would say I'm better at animation than design. Compared to, like, a lot of people out there, I'm like, yeah, I can barely do anything, really. <laughs> but, uh, yeah.
0: Let's jump back a little bit and and talk about the, the early days. So at what point did you maybe realize that um, you might want to, cre- like, pursue a career in the creative arts?
1: Well, none of my family are that creative, so I, I didn't have, like, a role model in my family. But uh, I had like a summer job, and I was helping this interior design uh, woman to kind of sand and paint kind of furniture, and she was doing um, kind of live drawing classes as well. And I kind of got on board on that. I was like, oh, can I I join? Can I kind of take part? She's like, yeah, of course. And after that, I got hooked to kind of, I thought, oh, art is amazing, and... Like, she's making a career of it. I can as well. Yeah.
0: Wait, when was this in, in life? Like, what were you in school? I, I was like sixteen. Oh, okay, nice. Um, had you like grown up like drawing at all or like doing any like music or anything like that?
1: I was in the scouts. So I was fairly busy. <laughs> but uh, I think in school I was only good at like languages and art history. So I did kind of draw a little bit as well.
0: So then, uh, moving out of high school, did you go to school for for animation?
1: Um, Yeah, I went to kind of... A lot of my friends uh, started thinking where to go to university, and a lot of them went to London. So I decided to kind of have a look at that as well. And uh, I wanted to do, like, illustration originally, but I got rejected from a lot of the courses. (laughs) And uh, one of the... uh, course leaders for illustration at uh, Middlesex University, she just sent me next door to the animation department. Oh, wow. And she was like, try your luck over there. (laughs) (laughs) She was very encouraging though, she was very sweet. And uh, yeah, the course leader there, Jonathan Hodgson, he's amazing, Yeah, he was like, yeah. Because the uh, application process was like online, but then you had to like come in when you were accepted kind of based on your kind of online kind of work you've uh, kind of scanned in and sent to them. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I got onto an animation
0: course. <laughs> so at that moment, were you thinking like, I mean, there's so many things that you can do with animation. Were you thinking like, I'm going to work in movies or was like like motion design like kind of in your head a little bit? Were there any studios you were looking at that you thought like, oh, I love this work?
1: Yeah, I don't think back then like motion design was uh, – a thing, like a word, you know, like motion graphic designer, that wasn't, like, a a thing. (laughs) At at least, like, in in my sphere of, like, university, I guess. And it was kind of, the course was more concentrated on making films. It was was less about um, your kind of ability in animation and design. It was more about how to make a really good short film.
0: So, did you make any short films in school then, I'm imagining?
1: Uh, yeah, we did like, uh, I think we had to do like a one, two minute film every year at the end of every year. It was really intense and the, the films were really shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> but we had Robert Bradbury, who was our lecturer at like film language, and uh, he's amazing. I know so much about like how to build a scene and how to make sure your character comes across as empathetic or vice versa. And yeah, I think it was more about, yeah, just making, making films.
0: So I, I, I definitely don't want you to, um, uh, feel like you should talk bad about your school or like any of your people, but I'm, I'm very curious how, what were some ways that, that, that university prepared you for your career and, and maybe some of the ways that you weren't necessarily prepared for your career?
1: Mm, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Um. I guess I didn't really know what part of the industry I wanted to go into, even like at the end of the third year of university. So it was a bit, I knew I all of the films, I, short films I did were really like, they, they had at least one or two characters in it. And I did really enjoy kind of animating human-like figures. I guess the course was kind of character heavy in a way because we had to like submit an idea for like a short film and usually it, everyone came up with like a character and we had, would have like a workshop in how to build up like a character and how to make him go through his kind of journey and stuff like that. And yeah, I think we had like one guy who uh, he wanted to make a very abstract film and he was really struggling because <laughs> I think the course was geared more towards like you need a character, it needs to have purpose and stuff like that.
0: What were some like early inspirations for you at that time?
1: A lot of Estonian animation really. Like the Oh, okay. Yeah, the independent animation scene in Estonia is really good. Like is the Estonian Academy of Arts is amazing. The the some of the films they make are really good.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. So I mean, Estonia is not like a a very large country though. So I mean like no, it's is not. <laughs> and and so like my my almost um perhaps a uh, terrible assumption was that there wasn't much of an industry, but but it sounds like there is. Could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, it's it's tricky because there's not much of an industry in terms of like advertisement. There, there's a couple of really nice studios in there. I think Tolm are over there. And uh, yeah, it's mostly like 3D, I think. Whatever you see on TV is mostly like 3D ads. But the kind of whatever comes out, there's a kind of two kind of art councils that are in Estonia that uh, kind of sponsor independent animation and filmmaking, which is kind of really good.
0: Yeah. Has it ever been a thought of yours to pursue something like that? Was that maybe like kind of in the back of your mind as you were going uh, to university?
1: Well, kind of. I did want to like apply to the Estonian Academy of Arts, but it's really hard to get into it. And at the level that I was back then, like, I yeah, it would take me at least a couple of years of prep to do that. And I, I didn't feel like I could spend that time.
0: No, that makes sense. You know, while we're talking about your your kind of after-school, like, you know, pre-career phase, is there anything that you would recommend to someone else? Um, maybe something that you wish that you would have done differently or maybe you're prepared for differently?
1: I guess I did start kind of freelancing a bit while I was in uni already. Like, at, in the third year, it was really useful to kind of because uh, we have Robert, one of our lecturers, he, he's also a lecturer at the National Film and Television School. He does the MA course uh, um, directing animation. So he would kind of invite us to help on some of the uh, graduation films there to do like cleanup or in-betweening, like little bits like that. So I did like a bit of that and that was a really good experience straight like at uni already even though it was like paid very, really tiny, but (laughs) it was, it was really good experience. And in terms of like, I don't think our course prepared us for the industry all that much. We, I think we had, we had like a couple of workshops of how to uh, talk to clients and how to kind of uh, value your work, but like no specific um, kind of day rates were ever discussed, you know,
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, were you able to reach out to any like freelancers at that time who, who maybe gave you some advice starting out?
1: Yes, really. Like it was I think everyone's like on Twitter now.
0: yeah, that's true <laughs> Very helpful.
1: <laughs> it is. But back then, like not a lot of people were. It was still like a time where everyone had like a website, and that was the only way to reach out to them. And I think Vimeo, at that point, Vimeo kind of started to be becoming really popular. So it was a bit tricky to find people, and I kind of tried co- contacting studios and stuff to ask them about things like that. But I've rarely got a reply. Really?
0: Okay. So tell me how you how you made your way over to animate.
1: Uh, well, I I kind of followed their work. They were uh, active social on like Twitter, and I kind of got into Twitter and I realized that, oh, actually animators do use it. And it, I saw them do a call out for interns and uh, the application process is like, they want a walk cycle and like a mini showreel. So my showreel was shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I need to make this walk cycle really good. <laughs> and yeah, I think I, I spent like a like proper like week just doing one walk cycle that was like two seconds long, but yeah, that that got
0: me in. Wow! So can we see the walk cycle anywhere? Is it is it on online anywhere?
1: It's on my Vimeo, but it's hidden. Oh,
0: all right, all right, that's fair. I have like I have literally nothing showing from my personal Vimeo. I I've hidden it all because it's all terrible. So yeah,
1: yeah, all my like uh, university projects—they're all hidden. They're still there, but they're hidden. Do you ever go back and look at them? Yep, all the time.
0: <laughs> really? Just to see how far you've come? or
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, definitely.
0: All right, so you've, you've applied for, for this internship, um, and you, you've got your, your walk cycle like ready to go. What happened?
1: Uh, well, I got an email back saying, like, oh, we really like your work. Uh, could you come in for a chat? And it was a really hot summer day <laughs> and I wore like a blazer and everything. I took my little, like, I printed out my portfolio and put it in a little folder. <laughs> I was like really serious oh, about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I could have been a bit more chilled out. <laughs> but yeah, I came in and uh, it was, I was really surprised at how small the studio was because anime was already like a name. and. It, on the creative side, it was uh, Tom, Ed, and Carmen. Uh, Carmen kind of she moved on now, but she's an amazing, amazing uh, designer and animator. And yeah, I kind of went, and I feel like the conversation was really dry because my English wasn't all that well. <laughs> and I thought like, oh, they kind of probably yeah didn't like me, and I got like an email back saying like, yeah, you can start your internship.
0: Wow. Were you nervous? Was that like daunting at all? Starting you kind of your first internship slash job.
1: Yeah, it really was because like in uni we would usually do kind of films or work by ourselves in a way. Like if we wanted to like team up, we could, but it was never a requirement. So it it was really kind of daunting in a way that yeah, this is a team, and I kind of I didn't know how well I would click with other people.
0: Yeah, how did that go?
1: Yeah, it, very well. Everyone's nice <laughs> at Anime. I've been here like for four years. That's kind of telling that <laughs> yeah, everyone's super nice and always kind of ready to give advice.
0: But I feel like there can be some challenges that that come into that though. I mean, especially working on on your own for you know most of most of um, university and and then coming into this team of like other other very talented people, but. But ultimately, other people who may have different opinions than than you and and different ideas for a way a project should go. Um, so, so, could you just talk a little bit about that?
1: Well, I guess when I did my internship, I mostly just did animation. Like there wasn't much design involved. Okay. But it, it was nice. Like they were like on literally on the first day, they were doing a job for McDonald's and they gave me a character to animate. I thought they just give me. Some kind of like, you know, <laughs> being a runner, yeah. make tea and print out things. But they were literally like, actually a job that they were doing at the time, they gave me a bit of that to do. And I was like, really surprised. I was like, no way they're trusting me to try and do this. <laughs> and that was kind of that. I think that eased the tension for me a bit. Because I thought they'd just like use me. But <laughs> it, was, it was a proper proper internship.
0: What were some of the the most kind of difficult things starting out in your first your first job?
1: um I think just because animate has a has a style and like aesthetic of how things animate it was kind of tricky to get into that to kind of animate things the the animate way but it, with like Tom N they're amazing at uh, being like teachers really so yeah, it, it was a process, but, like, we got there.
0: So what did that process look like? Were there, were there times where maybe things didn't didn't make it into the final cut of things or just lots of revisions? Like, how did that um, kind of learning process work?
1: Um, yeah, I think they just kind of show you how they, like, for example, the first, like, the job I did was in After Effects, and you, they would show me how, how they kind of do the keyframing and the easing and stuff like that. They would give advice on how to make it animate well, but then they just leave me and let me do my thing. And yeah, of course there would be like lots of revisions, but it wasn't like a frustrating uh, process. Like, you know, you kind of get s- so many changes that you're like, oh, this, is not, this is not my thing anymore, but uh, it didn't feel like that. It was like, okay, I went through that and it actually made it better.
0: So, I mean, you, you, you came out of college and went straight to animate. Was there other thoughts of, of going freelance at all? Or were you, have you always kind of wanted to be uh, in-house somewhere?
1: Well, I was, uh, after uni, I was a freelancer for like four months. And uh, I went to the NFTS a lot to do like uh, in-betweening and some kind of animation there. But the pay was so bad because I think because they have to... Um, Finance their films themselves, they have to reach out to like councils and things like that, so they couldn't like pay animators all, animators all that well, and I thought like I need to get into a studio maybe and kind of get into the kind of advertising side of the animation industry and try try that side out. That was kind of my thought process yeah,
0: no that's great. So one thing I, I wanted to talk about, I, we talk about with everybody who comes on, is is personal projects. Um, and a, and a lot of times, people on staff or, or freelancers, they're they're doing their own personal projects, kind of in after hours. One of the things I just absolutely love about animate is they are they are known for their their personal projects. So could you talk a little bit about that culture and um, some of the things that you've been able to do?
1: If you come to like Tom and Ed and say like, oh, I have this amazing idea for this like short film, they'll be like, yeah, cool. Like, and you show the idea and they're like, okay, we're going to allocate some time for this. That, yeah, that actually happened.
0: <laughs> That's so and great.
1: Like, I feel like not a lot of studios have that, or at least I don't hear about it. And, uh, yeah, I, because I think there's a bit of a competitiveness here. Like if you really? see someone not in, in kind of a highly competitive way, in the way that like, oh, you see someone working on their own thing and that makes you want to make your own thing. It's just, you're like, oh, why am I not doing a short film right now?
0: Has that happened? Have you pitched a short and then it's, it's kind of um, come to fruition?
1: Uh, well, it's usually like quite short things because it, it has to be something you have to fit around full-time work as well. And uh, I kind of, I think my goal was more like to get better at animation in general rather than have this grand idea of a film to pitch.
0: No, that's so essentially using like personal projects for skill development, essentially.
1: yeah, yeah, I think I think for me it's it's a bit easier to rationalize doing personal work that way, like being like, oh whats what do I want to get better at and and try to push that out? Otherwise, if I get like this grand idea for a film, it's never it's never gonna see light of day.
0: I think that's really smart. So what what about right now? Like what, what are those things that you are kind of actively um, developing as far as your own skills?
1: I feel like because um, I've always been into like drawn animation. That's the kind of style people kind of know I do. And I just, just want to get better at that really. I've been looking at because most of it is done in like Photoshop. And I've been trying to kind of have a look at other software as well, like TV Paint. I use that a lot in uni, actually. And uh, it seems like when I kind of transitioned to the industry, everyone uses like the Creative Cloud. And I kind of had to kind of set that aside, but now I'm trying to kind of get back into it. And it's more difficult than I thought. Really? because like none of the Photoshop shortcuts are the same. Oh yeah. (laughs) They do something different in TV paint. And that's even, I tried to like remap uh, TV paint to work for it. And it kind of does, but it's tricky, but it's fun.
0: Is anybody else on the team kind of making that switch with you? Or are you kind of the lone TV painter over there?
1: Oh, uh, well, I got Tom to buy a license for TV Paint. So we have a dongle, free floating dongle in the studio everyone can use. Okay, cool. Yeah, a couple of people have tried, but everyone just gets frustrated <laughs> with it because they've worked in Photoshop. It's weird. I don't know why it's so hard.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, you, you just build up that like that speed and that those like like you said like those those keyboard shortcuts and then you like go to use something else and it's like it might be a better tool, but you just like don't have that like built up speed, I guess. It's very
1: yeah. It's frustrating to lose that kind of flow.
0: Yeah, we've actually been doing a, a, a few things in production on Rough Animator on the iPad. I don't know if you've, you've seen or checked that out before, but I found it to be very interesting. I just got it. I just got an iPad and Apple Pencil, so I'm excited to check it out.
1: Um, oh, nice! No, I haven't, I haven't heard of yeah. it. I've tried. Um, do you Do you have a 3DS?
0: <laughs> do I have a 3DS? Uh, like a
1: There's a there's an app on it called Flipnote. That's quite really? fun. it's like a proper like animation app. Oh, that's cool. And it's actually quite like it, anything you do it comes out really pixelated, but it's so limited. It's actually quite fun yeah. to do little, little animations oh, wow, in this it. this
0: looks cool. I'm looking at it now. So like, have you done anything in this that like have made it into projects or anything like that?
1: Not really. It's more of kind of just a evening thing or whenever I'm free. Yeah. The- it's I, I've never put anything <laughs> of that online. It's so horrible. Does
0: it like does it export? Like, can you like get an MOV out of yeah, it? Or yeah, something? you
1: can. You can export. You can import sound into it. You can oh, actually wow. talk like talk into your three DS and it's gonna like put the sound in there. That's cool. Yeah, it's more advanced than yeah. No, I'm
0: like I gotta go check this <laughs> out now. I gotta go get a three DS. Do you make a lot of time like outside of work hours, or do you try and keep things pretty um, pretty nine to five?
1: Well, the work at Animate is 9 to okay, 6, yeah. and whenever like, we very rarely do overtime, so there's lots of time to, like, do your own thing. And I do do some, like, freelance on the side, but it's mostly, like, small il- illustration jobs. Okay. And whenever it's, like, yeah, I just kind of do, like, gifts in the evening and then put them on nice. Twitter. <laughs>
0: Uh, So, like, what's your setup like? Do you have a home setup with like a Wacom or anything like that? Or or, um...
1: yeah, I've got I've got at home I've got a PC, laptop, and a Cintiq. That's like the thirteen HD. And uh, at work, I have a slightly bigger tablet and uh, an iMac. So I usually like stay at the studio if I want something done.
0: So with that kind of like separation a little bit, you, you know, nine to six regular hours has has burnout ever been something that you've you've struggled with as an artist?
1: Burnout. What, what is burnout exactly? Uh, like,
0: um, that's that's a nice. I don't know. I'm glad that you, that that's a, a question that you can ask because I think that's great. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, if I'm asking. Yeah, no. So obviously
0: not. But I mean, like. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, it, animation in general, can can have, be very demanding as far as like hours and 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 times perspective. And, and I know a lot of people um, get tired and need a break. <laughs> but it's it seems like um, that's been that's been great for you.
1: I mean, uh, yeah. Well, whenever a project like as animated is really demanding, like, you know, you're just gonna go home at six. It's. I think I kind of learned to. Switch my brain off <laughs> at six and just like forget about work till the next yeah. morning.
0: That's great. It's nice. it's awesome to be able to kind of leave that leave that behind. I think it keeps you fresh too, which is great.
1: Well, it doesn't happen all the time, but yeah, it's it's a it's a struggle. But yeah.
0: So, what are some like maybe specific things that you've learned over the years that have have taken your work to the next level?
1: Animating at twelve frames per second makes everything look <laughs> nice. 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 Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just like, um, Ed's really good at like showing new things, especially like you, uh, you would do like a walk cycle or run cycle and you think, oh, it looks all right. And then like he would find ways to elevate it to a whole different level. Like he would just say, oh, I feel like it's not coming across as I wanted to in, in this kind of sense. And he would say, "Oh, just like move, move this frame, and then make the like higher on this frame." And it completely changes it, and in a good way. And you're like, "Whoa!"
0: <laughs> what about from like an art style perspective as well? Has there been any kind of lessons that you've learned over the years?
1: I guess it it comes back to like I think looking at what's popular in a way. Like I think I'm using more. Um, Kind of vibrant colors now. When I kind of look online as well and say, "Oh, that'd be fun to try," so I think that affects me quite a bit.
0: Have there any been been any like kind of tool? Um, I don't know. I guess you said you've been experimenting with with TV paint as well, but but also like you know using Photoshop and maybe Illustrator and things like that. Have there been any like tools that have come along and and really helped um, like step your work up?
1: Not really. It's, I think it's more like in the process of always try to change up how I approach things to kind of keep it fresh and keep new things coming. Mm, like how so? Uh, for example, I would like uh, draw up like a character with just a brush and then another day I would use the lasso tool to kind of make shapes and see if that makes something nice.
0: So when you get an especially difficult brief comes in, um, how do you approach something like that? Maybe something that's a little bit outside of your comfort zone.
1: Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Whenever a project is difficult, it's either if there's not enough time or budget or both. <laughs> but uh, I think because people usually come for like the animate style and we're so in tune with it. I think the only difficult thing would be if they kind of want quite a lot of detail stuff that like we don't really do at the studio. I think we had one project where a client came in and they wanted some really intricate kind of uh, realistic looking rotoscopy things. And we weren't like really comfortable doing
0: that. So with that, like, kind of really tight animated style, is there ever kind of like a, a push or, or maybe from a client side or from your, your personal curiosity to kind of like push outside of that or, or beyond that? Does that ever happen?
1: Mm, I've been thinking about this, actually, like uh, because uh, me and Milo, he, he's a designer animator here as well. And we've started at the same time. It was like, it was Tom and Ed, and then Carmen left, and we got on board. And I think the anime style got influenced quite a bit by the work that we were doing for clients. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's not something like, it's not like I'm going to be like working away at the style frame, and Tom comes up and be like, that's not anime (laughs) style, change it. You know, it's, they're, they're quite, they trust us to do good work, and... I think we're kind of really on the same wavelength when it comes to like how funny um, to make yeah. something or how charming to make something.
0: So any, to, to any maybe like younger or like young in their career animator designers out there, um, what advice would you have for them looking back with, with the experience that you've had up until this point?
1: I think getting in touch with as many animators as you can in a way to like find out where you want to go. You know, like, yeah, getting into the industry early, I think, helped me quite a lot uh, in terms of, like, uh, learning uh, good animation. Yeah, I think the the earlier someone gets a foot in the door, the better, depending kind of what what they want to do, really.
0: Well, we we try to end each episode with the same few questions. Um, So the first is, who is your dream client?
1: Who's my dream client? Ooh, I don't know. Maybe the Estonian Academy of Arts. It'd be amazing if they reached out, gave me a budget, and we're like, make a short
0: film. Ah, that would be, awesome. be
1: awesome. I'd love yeah. to hear that.
0: All right. The next question is: Your favorite animated film?
1: Um, my well, can I can I say two?
0: Oh, please, yes.
1: Because uh, well, I would say my favorite childhood kind of animated film is Spirited Away. Nice. But then I really love uh, Perfect Blue.
0: Oh, I'm not sure if I'm familiar with that.
1: Uh, It's by Satoshi Kon. And I think that was like the first ever like animated adult film that I've seen that had like blood in it. And it's like psychological horror thriller.
0: Oh, wow interesting i need to check a yeah, lot of
1: like um there's a scene in memento that's based off of it and a couple of films are based
0: oh wow
1: I'm, I'm surprised you haven't seen it it's I, really uh, really good i
0: am tragically um uh behind on my anime and yeah well, I, it's not I,
1: anime it's like a japanese animated film i think i think some okay, people yeah. make clear like some people make a big deal of it.
0: That's true. No, I probably offended a lot of people by saying that. I apologize. No, I, I just I'm behind on my Japanese animated films for sure, and I need I need yeah, to I can, like I can send
1: you some links. You please do. <laughs> links. I
0: tell, tell me where to start. The a lot of my um, my teammates um, argue over like where I should start and what the best the best <laughs> places to be are. So yeah, they want they
1: want the best experience for you. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Uh, and I think it's like a, a huge trove of of inspiration and and just like a big part of like film history. Yeah, definitely. History. It's, it's, so.
1: it's like so different, like because yeah. um, I guess the the way that society is kind of structured is a bit different there. So some of the best come out like really weird, and you're like, why is that happening? But it makes absolute sense in in their society, you know.
0: Yeah. All right. Next question: What do the people you love think that you do for a living? So I, I understand you are um, you are recently an aunt. So maybe does she does she understand what what you are doing all day at work?
1: Uh, well, uh, most of my family think I just do advertisements for TV. All right. Okay. <laughs> I think because like there was an advert we did for Heinz, and they actually saw it on the TV, and I was oh, like, nice. I did that?" And now yeah, they think. Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah, but they think that's the only thing I do. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I like I tell them, oh, we did this amazing like online social campaign campaign for Logitech. They're like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're not excited about that at all. But if it's on TV, they're like, yeah, really happy. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, for sure. Well, that's awesome. All right, last question: What animal did you choose for your animalator, and why?
1: Well, I chose a mammoth uh, because they're quite cute and it's a bit sad that they're extinct (laughs) yeah so i wanted to kind of bring that to life and make it nice and cute
0: well lana thank you so much for giving us your time and coming on the show
1: yeah no worries happy happy to chat definitely
0: Animalators is created by the team at IV, recorded in the Weld Nashville studio and produced by Chad Michael Snavely. To learn more, visit weld.co and chadmichael.com. To keep up with the work we're doing at IV, visit iv.studio or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. You can also follow Animalators on Twitter at Animalators to keep up with all of the new episodes and be sure to check out animalators.com to see every animation from all of our guests. To find out more about Lana and her work, you can head to lana.land or, of course, check out Animade's work at animade.tv. Our theme music is composed by Cody Fry. You can check out more of his music at codyfry.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. You can leave us a review on iTunes and that helps more people find this show. Well, that's it for today's episode. Be sure and join us next time for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation.